like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Kurt Woodsmith. You remember me from such TV comedies as That 70s Show and That 90s Show on Netflix. I'll never forget the words that my grandfather said just before he kicked the bucket. He said, watch how far I can kick this bucket. People ask me where I get my dad jokes from. I tell them to listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Listen to Daily Dad Jokes every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Jon Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Join late-night legend Jon Stewart and the best news team for today's biggest headlines, exclusive extended interviews, and more. Now this is a second term we can all get behind. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you. Let me tell you about our special guest, David Weiss, former commercial solar power developer an entrepreneur, David, has been researching the Flat Earth Hypothesis since 2015. He's the creator of the Flat Earth Sun, Moon, and Zodiac Clock app. And he's got a new movie called The Next Level, which you can find out at thenextlevel2022.com, which we have linked up for you at coasttocoastam.com. David, welcome to the show. I'm looking, I'm looking forward to this one with you tonight. George, thanks so much for having me. Been a Coast listener for decades, I think. And um, uh, it's an honor to be here and finally talk to you. Thank you. And what's going on in the world of solar power, by the way? Is that still moving along or not? You know, it's moving along. It's, uh, you know, with uh, rising electric rates, it, it makes a lot of sense. It depends on where you live and the incentives and, and what's going on. So uh, it's definitely something to look into uh, if uh, you have the, a place to put them. Yeah, if you're definitely in a sunny region and it makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Sure. All right. So, let's, so jo- go, ahead. go ahead. No, you tur- you you so, first. Yeah. So so the idea of a flat Earth mixed in a heliocentric, the globe model, is absolute um, insanity. If we look at the thumbnail that your producers chose to put on the website, they Googled flat Earth, and Google served them a picture of a flat disk or a turnip yep. floating in heliocentric space. No flat Earther thinks that. So we, we want to wipe that from our minds. And tonight, what I'm going to do is I'm going to introduce, I'm not, going to, I'm not here to convince you that the Earth is flat. I'm here to get rid of ideas of what flat Earth is, which it isn't, and help you see what the heliocentric model is. And then I'm going to ask you to make up your own minds. And, and look, because the best way to hide something is to make it look so ridiculous that you re- refuse to look. And one thing flat Earthers all have in common is we all thought Flat Earth was stupid. We all refused to look when we first heard about it. But then something, somebody came along and pointed some things out, and then we all went in it not to prove it, to disprove it. We went in to prove the globe and disprove Flat Earth, and that's how you become a Flat Earther. So 
Tonight, I'm going to point to a whole bunch of doors that you've never seen, and it's up to you whether you go through them and take a look. Fair enough, fair enough. Now, when you were a little boy, what did you think about space? What did you think about planet Earth? What did you think about the moon? It seems like every object is round. What did you think of all that? George, I loved space. I loved all of that stuff, and that's uh, by design. Before, we're, we're, before we could even talk, our parents probably put a mobile of the solar system over our, head, over, over our <laughs> crib. We had NASA sheets. We, Sesame Street had astronauts on. Walt Disney you know, have, have astronauts on. It's all about globe programming. So there's a lot of areas we can go. We're going to just try to stay focused tonight. I may bring up a little bit of math. Don't short circuit. It's really easy stuff, really easy, everything that we, that we look into. And, and again, you know, once, we, once you start understanding what flat Earth is, so real quick, let me just say what flat Earth isn't. We're not a disk floating in space with other flat planets or round planets. Take that off the table. You have to get the idea of space off the table. So what is flat Earth? Well, think about this. Large bodies of water at rest lay flat, scientifically, testably, provably, measurably flat. Okay? So the flat Earth is um, like a pond. Think about a pond. What holds a pond in? And the, the answer is it's the shoreline that surrounds the water. It's consistently higher mm-hmm. than the level of the water. That holds the, the water. So water needs lateral pressure. Water lays flat. And we live in what I call the Antarctic Basin. They tell us Antarctica is a continent at the bottom of the ball. Just like we see, we look at our globes, and it shows a continent at the bottom of the ball. But in reality, Antarctica is the land that surrounds the world pond. They tell us Antarctica is the highest land on Earth. Okay, that's very interesting. Well, the highest land on Earth could contain us. So think of though all of the oceans of the world as a giant pond all of the continents and islands as islands within that pond. The shoreline of our pond is Antarctica. So if you're on that lake and you're sailing around and you sail to the edge of the lake, you don't fall off into space. You step up onto the land. Okay? So now imagine at the center of that lake we have a mountain, and that mountain is magnetic. Okay? So we'll call that the North Pole at the center of our flat lake, just like water lays flat. So... If you're on a, on a boat on the lake and you have a compass, that compass is going to point towards the center of the lake. No matter where you are, the north needle is going to point at the center of the lake. Now, if you try to go east or west, which is 90 degrees to that needle, that's not a straight line. Think about it. You have to go in a circle around, equidistant from that center. So if I left an island that I'll call New York and I went east, I have to keep turning to the left to maintain my heading of 90 degrees. And before I know it, I'm in California and I'm back in New York again. And I've circumnavigated the North Pole in the center of the lake. If I go west, same thing. Guess what? Billions with a B of people have circumnavigated the world east and west. Now, let me ask you, let me ask you this, David. Now, when, when astronauts have taken pictures of planet Earth... They're wrong pictures. I mean, in, are, are you saying that those aren't authentic pictures or that they are? Well, NASA admits that they don't have any photos of Earth other than the one that was taken from the moon. Um, and we took that picture from their website, put it into Photoshop, cranked up the levels, and for some reason there is a square box around the planet Earth. Now, I wasn't there. 
This is, you know, I was a small child when all of this happened. Mm-hmm. I want to stay away from the moon. I want to point to some other things, and then we can figure out what's going on with the moon missions and everything else later. That's a whole nother show. Okay. Now, why do they call it the Flat Earth Group? Well, the, the one thing is when you search, uh, Google delivers you what they want you to, to find, and you'll find the Flat Earth Society. You'll find those images of disks floating in space. We're not the Flat Earth Society. The Flat Earth Society uh, is a, um, not sure who runs it, but it seems to be a government-run disinformation site. It's got a tiny bit of truth and a lot of nonsense. If you Google Flat Earth, end up on the Flat Earth Society, you will look at it for five or ten minutes, and then you will never look at Flat Earth again because you'll say it's the dumbest thing ever. Right, right. No Flat Earther looks at the, none of us even ever look at the Flat Earth Society because it's absolute complete and total nonsense. Right, so you would agree, then, that what they are doing is preposterous? Oh, absolutely. The, the, your idea of Flat Earth is absolutely preposterous. I'm surprised you invited me on the show. I know that you probably you gave a little resistance, but your producer insisted that I come on, so thank you for having me. Actually, I didn't. She asked, she asked, she says, do you want to do a show on the Flat Earth? And I said, well, who's the person? And she said, well, his name's David Weiss. He's an expert in this, and he's into it in a big way. And I said, yeah, let's give it a shot. And here oh, you are. Very good. Well, thank you. Thank you. So just finishing my lake, my lake model. So we can circle east and west. Well, billions of people have circumnavigated the world east and west. Guess what nobody's ever done is circumnavigated south. Now, there's a couple of royal um, people that claim they've done it, but when you look into it, you can see that they fake things, that their route actually didn't do what they say. South. Now think about south. South is every direction away from north. So no matter where you are on that lake, if you put your back to the center of the lake and then walk away from it or sail away from it or fly away from it, you are heading south. And then if you keep going south, guess what? You're going to get to the end of our pond, not the end of the world, the end of our pond. That's the shoreline of Antarctica. You climb up onto that elevated land and you start walking away. And now you're a mile away, five miles away. You can't even see the lake anymore, right? And you're going, I'm doing a smaller model, by the way. And you go, let's say you go 100 miles. And then all of a sudden, you find another lake. Think about that. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, A military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...with zero qualifications... She had a Harvard plaque. 
tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately $11 million. Nearly $10 million was all gone employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich man, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver. And this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Let me ask you a quick question, George. Sure. Do you believe in life on other continents? Yes. Okay, life on other continents. But if you had never seen life on other continents, it would just be a belief. Well, that's kind of like my analogy for believing in life on other planets. And we're going to talk about space versus flat Earth. Space is scientifically impossible, where flat Earth is, well, provable. We live on a flat, level plane. All of our senses, all of our measurements, every scientific test done through history by accredited scientists to prove axial rotation, the spinning of the Earth, or curvature of the Earth, has failed and proven the opposite. But they don't teach us that in school. And, and at the end, for the last segment, you're going to want to ask before then, why would they lie? Why all of this? And we'll answer that in the last segment. Because let's right. look at the crime Which first. is an important Picture. question. It's, 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 it is my favorite question. But let's not address it until we have a reason to right. ask why do, the lie. Let's, now, let's, do let's me a favor, though. Details. Paint us a picture. Paint us a visual picture of, of you 300, 400 miles out in space looking back at the planet, what it would look like. Well, I don't know if anyone can get up to 300, 400 miles in space because we're talking about space. We don't believe space is as described. Space, they tell us, is a vacuum, a void, no air, no pressure. Well, we live in a pressurized system. Well, nowhere in science, in a lab or in nature, can you have high pressure next to low pressure, let alone no pressure, and without a physical barrier, right? When you have a soda can and you crack the top, it goes... And that's because the pressure is equalizing, right? And it doesn't matter if the, you know, it'll go up, down, sideways. Gravity's not going to hold that pressure in the can when you open it. So why doesn't space suck all of the air off of Earth? And the only answer that the heliocentric believers can say is gravity is holding it down. But that doesn't work because if I had a shoebox in a room and I was holding it in the air and I sucked all of the air out of that room, 
in a gravity system where you believe it, that air should stay in the shoebox because it's holding it in. But that doesn't work. I can take a straw and I could suck air and water up and away from the earth with very little low pressure in my mouth and lungs. And that just pulls it up and away. So we have a scientific problem right now. We have high pressure next to low pressure without a vacuum. I know, right? but, but, if, but if I asked you to paint me a picture of what you think Earth looks like from afar, what would that okay. picture look like? Well, George, when you move away from any lit thing in the distance, it would look like a, a circle. It, you would see a circle. Okay. And, okay. It, and, and I, I, I always say that if you took a flat earther and a, a globe believer up, uh, you know, 300,000 300, miles or whatever, whatever you said, a couple hundred miles up, they would see the Earth get smaller and smaller in the distance. The globe believer would say, oh, there's the Earth globe. And the mm-hmm. flat Earth would be saying, oh, there's the flat Earth pond being lit. You can't tell the size or shape of something unless you know the size or the distance, or you can actually physically measure it. Well, When you look at the moon from Earth, what are you looking at? Well, that's a great question. The moon and the sun, um, nobody even knows if they're physical objects at all. Now, like if you look later today, people will have, I think, oh no, the, 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 the moon will be up in the sky um, in the afternoon. Take a look at it, all the listeners. Go out and look at the moon, and you can see that that moon that we're seeing, whatever it is, is within the Earth system. You, you can see blue sky behind it. You can see blue sky through the dark spots, and then at nighttime, those dark spots will turn black. I don't know what the moon is. I don't know anything because I can't go there. All we can say is we're looking at it. The problem with the looking at the moons and planets is they don't add up scientifically. We talk about the, the, the brightness of the planets and the moon for a second. Go ahead. So there's a thing, here's a little math. It's called the inverse square law of light. Very simple. Every time you double the distance to a light, it's one quarter of the brightness. Or the reverse is every time you get halfway closer to the light, it's four times brighter. So if we're looking at the moon, a full moon, um, on a, in, in the middle of nowhere, I can read a book by it. I can drive with my lights off because the moon is you know, bright enough to light up the road. It's casting shadows on the ground. It's bright. Let's just say that's one lumen. If I went halfway to the moon, it's now four lumens. And if I went halfway again, it's now 16 lumens. And cut that in half, it's now 64 lumens. You do that all the way to 100 miles where the astronauts took a picture of the moon, the right. famous picture of the moon, yes. it would be 64 times brighter than we see the sun from Earth for us to see it. Now, this is globe math. This is real science. So the brightness doesn't work. When we look at Jupiter in the sky, I could see Jupiter in the sky many nights. Um, it's one of the brighter stars in the sky, Jupiter, Mars, Venus, right? It's brighter than stars. Well, you have to believe that Jupiter, this gaseous planet, with a sun that's smaller than we see the sun because it's much farther away, that smaller star-like sun is lighting up Jupiter. It's reflecting off of the non-reflective surface, coming all the way back to Earth, ignoring the inverse square law of light, and it's brighter than any star. I'm sorry, that doesn't add up. Well, that's an interesting question that you've just presented because that is a paradox, and I've always wondered about that. I've I've always wondered how the sun would, from Jupiter, the sun would look like a little dot. How could that little dot illuminate the planet as much as it does? Very good. Step one, complete. Um, so Not- let, let's look at the distances to the sun. So they tell us the sun in the heliocentric model is like a big yoga ball, 
And if, there, if the sun was a yoga ball, the earth is a marble or a BB next to it. So imagine if the sun was just a mile over your head and you looked up. It would fill the entire sky edge to edge. It would just fill up everything. You, we all you, you'd you'd see nothing else but that. That's right. Right. So now we move it 93 million miles away they tell, where they tell us. And because it's going away, perspective makes it smaller. And now it's the size of a coin held at arm's length. You know, nickel, quarter, dime, whatever. Yeah, good, know, point. It, good point. Good point. And, and so now, George, if I doubled that distance, how much smaller would it get? It should, it, it should get smaller by half at least. Okay, very good. So, so, so it's eight light minutes away, they tell us. So if we double it, that's 16 light minutes. If we double that again, 32 farther, it would be a light half hour. If we double that again, it would be a light hour. Do you think you could see the sun at a light hour away, knowing Probably how not. much it reduced? Right. So, so now think about this. Polaris, our North Star, which everybody in the northern uh, part of the world, the inner part of the world, can see uh, with your naked eye. It's pretty bright. They tell us it's about 48 times bigger than the than than our sun. Well, at a light hour we couldn't see the sun. So an hour times forty eight times bigger. So at, at two light days away, we couldn't see Polaris. But they tell us Polaris is four hundred and thirty three light years away. Your mind can't even calculate the magnitude of that discrepancy. Truly remarkable. It, it, it really is. How many people in your organization, in your group, are there? It's not a, an organization, and there's people all over the Earth plane. You know, Flat Earth, uh, our history is not what they tell us. And uh, the Flat Earth was being taught here in public schools in America as early as, as the 1950s, early 60s, um, but going way back. I interviewed a woman named Ruth, 102 years old, back in 2020, I was interviewing her about some other stuff, World's Fairs and whatnot, and her memory was so good, I asked her what they taught her in school about the Earth. That's all I said, and she said they taught me the Earth was flat, and that was in uh, Hamden Public School here in Connecticut. Really? That's weird. And, um, yeah, that, that scene is actually in my movie, thenextlevel2022.com. If anybody wants to, if anybody has the courage to sit down and watch this excellent produced movie by Hibbler Productions, um, there'll be no turning back. But I have to warn you, if you watch that movie you are going to be a globe denier at the least. Interesting take. We're going to take a break pretty soon, David, and come back. Do you think what we're looking at with these so-called round pictures of whatever is an illusion? No, no, George. If I look up at the lights in my ceiling, they don't dictate the shape of my floor. When I look through binoculars, telescope, my P9-1000 camera at Saturn, I see a Sphere. It looks like a sphere. I, I would guess it's a sphere, but it has no relation to the shape of the Earth because they're not, you know, planets are not what they tell us. Disney and NASA provide us all of the images. They don't provide us any photos. NASA doesn't provide any photos. They call them images and pictures. So you're saying the Earth is not a sphere, but it's not what we would call flat, flat. So well, what, would it, what, Earth, what, what could it be? The Earth is a level plane. The way I describe it is it's the basement of the universe. What's below the Earth? Nobody knows what's inside the Earth. The deepest hole ever dug is not even eight miles. And when they were digging that hole, they didn't know. They were wrong every step of the way. Oh, there's no more water. They hit water. Oh, there's no more rocks. They hit rocks. 
And then just before eight miles, they hit a ben, an impenetrable barrier, and nobody can go any deeper. But then all of a sudden, they know the next 4,000 miles to the center, and they show us that meme of all of the layers of Earth. Um, that's just a meme. There's no scientific evidence at all. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern, and go to coasttocoastam.com for more. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Kurt Woodsmith. You remember me from such TV comedies as That 70s Show and That 90s Show on Netflix. I'll never forget the words that my grandfather said just before he kicked the bucket. He said, watch how far I can kick this bucket. People ask me where I get my dad jokes from. I tell them to listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Listen to Daily Dad Jokes every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Jon Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Join late-night legend Jon Stewart and the best news team for today's biggest headlines, exclusive extended interviews, and more. Now this is a second term we can all get behind. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.